I was talking to you about being a, a woman in the workplace. And I will get really personal here. And when I talk, one of my things of late is biology happens. And so we should be able to come to work and have these conversations freely and not be embarrassed by them. We should have leave policies. We should have support networks where we feel proud and capable of having these conversations. It's not every day that you come across a LinkedIn profile header that requests you to ask them anything about fostering belonging. But you know what? For today's guest, that actually is the case. On today's season 11 episode of Redefining Work, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Kajabi CHRO, Dina Singleton. Dina is a force and we talked about why belonging is so important to her, what she responds with when people take her up on that offer to ask her anything. We talk about the creator economy and her work at Kajabi and a lot more. So we'll be back with that conversation right now. All right, let's say you're a company looking for a strategic partnership to help you transform your people operations. You know you've got dozens of options out there, but here's why Amplify is the best one. Amplify consults and advises on what it takes to build modern people teams, from the kickoff to weekly update meetings to interview coordination and every step in between. This helps them clearly understand your work style, culture, and needs so they can be a deeply informed advisor throughout the engagement. And they understand the complexity and profile of a modern people executive because they're embedded in that world. Founder Lars Schmidt has spent over 20 years working alongside chief human resources officers, building next generation HR programs and working with companies like Forbes and Fast Company. These days, with everything moving at lightning speed, nothing is more important than clarity and simplicity. Cut through all the noise with Amplify. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Redefining Work podcast. I'm glad you're here. We're both glad you're here. I'm the host, Lars Schmidt, and I'm joined today by Dina Singleton. Dina is the Chief People Officer at Kajabi. We're going to talk about a range of topics, including some topics that are personally very interesting to me, which is the creator space, AI, and a lot more. So, Dina, thank you for coming on the show. I'd love to have you open. What should the, the viewers and the listeners know about Dina? Lars, it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. I've been in the HR area for about 20 years now. I can't believe that. And talking about work, the new world of work is a deep interest to me. One of the things that is personally exciting to me is just kind of thinking about what is going to happen for us. Specifically, one of my passions around work is about women in the workplace. And one of the things that I really want to spend some time talking about is just how important it is for women in the workplace to think about how do we find a way to be comfortable with the fact that when we start off as women at 12, 13, biology happens to us. When we're 50, we still have biology happening to us and making sure that in the workplace, it is more and more comfortable for us. So I hope we spend some time talking about that today. Yeah. Well, I will make sure we do. And I I appreciate you teeing up those subjects for us. I want to kind of start with your present. You're the chief people officer at Kajabi. I imagine some of our listeners may not be familiar with Kajabi. So I'd love to have you start with just an overview of Kajabi, who they are. And then if you could talk a bit about 
kind of what drew you there, you know, to that role? That would be a good kind of kicking off point for us. Oh, great. Kajabi is a platform for creators. And when I explain Kajabi, I like to explain it in words that my mother could understand. And so when I think about that, Kajabi is a place for people if they want to be entrepreneurs or if they just have a personal passion that they want to share with other people. We are a platform that allows them to share that with people. It's a place where if you want to talk about your gardening or you want to talk about how do you help people understand how to grow a business or if you have something where you want to talk about teaching people how to play the uh, piano or play guitar, our platform will help you do that. So you can hold a master class, you can draw a membership, you can do a podcast, um, you can have uh, um, anything like that in a digital space and Kajabi is where you can host that. We've helped our creators, we call our creators heroes, generate over $6 billion in revenue for themselves ever since Kajabi was created. Yeah, I mean, so it's a space I'm personally kind of curious and passionate about because I, I, I guess I, I never use the term creator to talk about myself, but I, technically I suppose I am, you know, I'm an author, I'm a podcast host, I run a community, I run cohort peer leadership programs. And so, you know, it was interesting, like before I started our Amplify Talent community, and the first cohort that we ran in May of 2021, you know, I didn't know a lot about the space and I knew a few of the players, but I, I started going deep. But I just, you know, it seems like even in the two and a half years since that first ran, the creator space has just blossomed. And, you know, you're seeing that in all kinds of, you know, broad industries, niche industries, our industry in kind of all things HR and people. And I'd love to see like, you know, were you, how familiar were you with you? How familiar were you with the creator space before joining Kajabi? Was that something that was kind of on your radar? Had you consumed content from creators before? How do you define your kind of familiarity with the space? I was not familiar with the creator space. I was a novice. As a matter of fact, I probably had never said the word creator before joining Kajabi. I had an author who I followed and I wanted my author to quit his job. And so on a different platform, I was donating a small amount of money monthly so that my author could quit his job and live off my contribution. And so what Kajabi does is it allows people like you, Lars, so you should think about Kajabi. It allows people like you to control your own destiny. And so what our platform does is it tries to give as much money as possible to creators, to people who want to control their own destiny. We take care of the back end. You take care of things like you do. So you are the creator. You have all of that unique intelligence around the thing that you're creating. So you know the best way to talk to people about HR. You know how to do that masterclass. You know how to share information, whether you want to make revenue for it or you just have a passion that you want to share with other people. That's your specialty. Our specialty is setting up the back end for you so you don't have to worry about payments. You don't have to worry about how do I get that mailing list done? We do all that stuff for you. And that's what Kajabi specializes in. Uh, let's talk, you know, obviously we're going to go deep on all things HR and people as two people geeks would do. But are, are there any kind of HR people, talent, recruiting creators on Kajabi today? 
not nearly enough. And so what I would say is, and I do mean this sincerely, is I would put a call out there to anyone who has a specialty in recruiting or who has a specialty in teaching our fellow HR people, I'd say, come look at our platform. Think about a way that if you have information that you want to share with a massive amount of people, we have over 85 million people that Kajabi touches. So if you want to go from talking to a few people to many people, think about Kajabi as a platform where you can share your information and we'll help you figure out how do you get that out to as many people as possible. And so I think it's a great place for people who would go deep in the recruiting space. I think it is a great place for people who are want to help other people figure out how do you find jobs. I think it is a great place for people who want to teach a master class on how do you really build diversity. So all those hard problems that we have in the HR space, this is a place where you can build master classes, where you can build a community, and we're looking for folks like you. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting this time that we're in, because I think when you look at so many things have evolved with HR, you know, obviously understatement alert and that statement. But, you know, when you think about the way we used to learn, and I'd say we used to look for like bodies of knowledge, right? Or accreditations or groups like that. And, and that's kind of what we had for our own development as practitioners and as leaders. And we're living in a very different world today. You know, the ability to learn has been democratized in such an interesting way that, you know, we are learning from creators who people who are, you know, have, you know, the, the bona fides and the experience and now they're willing to share that knowledge. They have platforms like Kajabi to do so, which is, is such a fascinating time. And that's happening in parallel with the, you know, the kind of complete rise of open source sharing as another platform for discovery and kind of giving back to the community. So I think we're in this real kind of golden age of learning. A lot of it also powered by platforms like yours. You know, you mentioned diversity and inclusion and a few topics that you'd love to see more creators step into. Let's expand on that a little bit more. Like when you think about what it takes to do your job, right? Being a chief people officer today is an incredibly difficult job, one of the most difficult in the C-suites. But it's one that we, I think, as an industry are pretty poor at preparing new leaders to step into those positions and understand just the complexity and the range of skills that you need to be successful as a CPO. So like if you had a wish list of, of courses that maybe based on your wish list, we'll go out and find, you know, some of the world's you know, top practitioners in those different disciplines who might be able to share their knowledge in courses, what would those be? Like, what would you love to see kind of tapping the intellect and experience of seasoned leaders to help make the jobs, especially of kind of first time heads of people and CPOs a little bit easier? Oh my gosh, that is a great question. Let's see. So I just finished talking to my CEO. Literally, I walked out of his office and I walked into this podcast. I think one of the things that I would love to see is, especially in today's environment, since we're still coming off of COVID and we're still trying to figure out this return to work and what return to work really looks like, I'd like to see a course and it would have to be a combination of psychologists plus work experts on how do we figure out connectivity 
in the workplace. So now that we're not all physically sitting in the same place as much as we used to sit in the same place, how do we figure out how to build culture and community for organizations when we're not all together anymore? And so I don't know if that's anthropologist or psychologist, but what is that thing that builds connectivity and connectiveness for all of our employees? So that's number one thing that I like to see. Two, I'd like to see a course on how do we build diversity in the workplace and what is our understanding of what diversity is. So diversity of thought, diversity of how we work together, because I think that is hypercritical as well. And then three, I'd like to build a course, and I don't like the word management as much as I love the word leadership. So I really want to build leadership both in the people who are leading teams as well as the individual contributors who are on teams so that we can figure out like together how do both parties really like lead the organization so that we can get the best result possible for the organizations and for the people who are in the organizations. Yeah, I like those. I mean, I think, that the, and then they're all timeless, which I think is also, you know, really important. But they're also areas that, you know, going back to our, you know, HR curriculum, for lack of a better word, even five years ago, you know, the things that we would have learned on these topics then, you know, some, there may be some things, I mean, management leadership, there probably would be, you know, some things there to still hold true. But a lot of other things I think are very, just vastly different in this new world of work. And a lot of the ways that we used to think about those things don't really apply in the same way now, or certainly, maybe foundationally, but there's a lot of additional nuance that we have to account for. I want to ask you something about your LinkedIn profile. And, you know, you, so, you know, obviously the main audience here, business leaders and people that are in HR, we spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and we spend a lot of time looking up people that we're going to be meeting with on LinkedIn. And, you know, we all know that generally speaking, the headline is probably the thing that most people are going to see because whether it's in, whether it's specifically looking for you as an individual or you're coming up in search results, that's one of the things they're going to see. And you had a very unique prompt in yours that I hadn't seen before, which is ask you about fostering a place of belonging. And, uh, you know, A, because you prompted me to, I have to specifically ask you that question because I, I do follow rules. But more importantly, I was very intrigued by that because I think it was such a unique call to action that I think to me is somebody who, you know, hadn't met you yet, but reading through that, clearly it, it reinforced that's a topic of importance to you. But rising, I mean, I think it's important, hopefully most modern people leaders today will say that is important, a topic that is important to them. But more specifically, I think the way that you called it out and made it a topic of conversation for anybody who might engage with you on LinkedIn. And I would love to just learn a little bit more about why, you know, why it was important, I guess, starting with what does that mean to you, but then also why it was important for you to kind of you know, call that out so specifically in your LinkedIn headline. Oh, thanks for asking that, Lars. I want to create the best culture that we can at Kajabi because I want to create the best business that we can at Kajabi. We live in service of our creators and our entrepreneurs. And in order for us to do that, we have to have an, a group of employees who feel like we live in service to them as leaders and as managers. Because if we take care of our internal community, 
they will take care of the creators and the entrepreneurs who we service every single day. And so creating and fostering belonging is all about if we do the right thing for our employees, we'll do the right thing for um, the people who we service. And so it becomes this righteous circle of, wow, you take care of me. I'm going to go out of my way to take care of our customers. So doing the right thing for your employees is about doing the right thing for your business. Super easy decision. The Amplify community has had such a profound impact on me. This work can be incredibly lonely and the caliber of humans that I have met in this group is like nothing I've experienced before. I can't express how much the community supports one another, how safe I feel sharing about the challenges that I have in the role. It is truly the safest community I've ever been a part of to share and learn from other people, practitioners, and professionals. One of the things I love so much about the Amplify community is having the opportunity to connect with a global group of peers, where we have the opportunity to come together, collaborate, innovate, most importantly, problem solve, and be able to just hold space for one another to support each other in the work that we're really pouring a lot of care and effort and energy into each and every week. I want to thank Amplify Academy community members, Chloe Sesta Jacobs, Noah Warder, and Balbina Knight for sharing their experiences. The Amplify Academy was built to help today's HR practitioners build the learning agility and network equity needed to thrive in today's world of work. Through our AI Learning Lab with over 500 resources, our global Slack community, and our leadership development cohorts, you'll build the capabilities and connections to drive your career forward. Ready to invest in yourself? Learn more at AmplifyTalent.com slash Academy. Now, back to the show. You know, when you think about great environments of belonging, right? And so whether it's environments that you've, you know, maybe worked in or what you're trying to create, what does that, what does it look like? What does it feel like? This one is... This is a little personal and it's personal because I'm a black female, right? And so when I think about what does it feel like, I think about what it feels like to me as an African-American female. And so when we started our podcast, I was talking to you about being a, a woman in the workplace. And I will get really personal here. And when I talk, one of my things of late is biology happens. And so what that means is that when women start off as when we start off in school, one of the first things that happens to us is that we have to figure out, like, how do we navigate through having our periods? And it's embarrassing for us because we're like, oh, my God, this thing is happening and it's embarrassing. And then when we enter the workforce, we have to figure out, like, maybe we have children, maybe we don't have children. And then we have to go out on leave and we have to figure out how do we have that conversation with our managers and is it going to impact our careers? And then later in life, we go through menopause and we have to figure out how do we have that conversation with our managers? And again, it's embarrassing for us. And I would like to live in a culture where we can have all of those conversations and never attach the word embarrassment to it. Um, because all the men in our lives have wives or sisters or mothers for sure. And so we should be able to come to work and have these conversations freely and not be embarrassed by them. We should have leave policies. We should have support networks where we feel 
proud and capable of having these conversations. And so that's what it means to me to foster an environment of support is that these things that may even be embarrassing you right now or definitely embarrassing someone who's listening to this podcast right now are not embarrassing anymore. So that's what fostering inclusion means. I appreciate you sharing that. And I will say not embarrassing. And I'm glad that you did raise that because I think to achieve that, guy, you know, guys, men, people like me, you know, we have to be helping create that environment for women. So they can create support networks and do a lot of things, obviously, to bring support to those issues. But it's men, it's us who have to be able to have these conversations and be supportive in whatever way we can for it to truly become a space of belonging. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you raised that. And I think that, you know, it's something that certainly men should be having more conversations about and thinking about how, what we can do to be supportive, you know, for a range of life stages, right, that we all go through, but particularly women, as you pointed out. So I, I do appreciate you raising that. I want to actually, you know, I guess sticking with the theme of LinkedIn, you had a post recently that that I really appreciated because I think it speaks to a lot of things around what it means to be a modern chief people officer. You talked about being very deliberate about spending time shadowing your CEO and other members of your executive team, your peers in your role. And I just, you know, when I read it, it stood out. I mean, obviously it's smart, it's good business, it's practical, but to me, it spoke to something else, which is, you know, one of the things that makes the CPO role so, you know, exciting, challenging, certainly compelling, but also incredibly difficult is the level of depth that you need in your peers' worlds so to speak. You know, the HR acumen isn't enough. Like, you, yes, you've got to go deep. You have to have strong opinions that are informed, but you have to understand the financials. You have to understand the go-to-market strategy. You have to understand the, you know, organizational and environmental threats to the business. You have to understand the strategic plan. You have to understand the idiosyncrasies and styles of your CEO and your peers and how they work and how they might respond to coaching in different ways. There's such a mix of IQ and EQ to be effective as a leader in a role like yours. And I think, you know, your comment around spending time shadowing them to me just demonstrated both. And I would love to just hear a bit more from you of like, where did that idea come from? And maybe what are some of the things that doing that has helped you learn about your peers that have allowed you to be more effective as a chief people officer? So I think one of the things that it's helped me learn, one is really what's so critical to them and what's important to them. And shout out my CEO specifically, and he's incredibly customer focused. And so he spends a lot of time with our creators and thinking about what's important to our heroes. So how do we evolve our product? How do we make it easier for them to get on the platform? How do we make it easier for them to make money? And so that's made me think about how do I evolve our HR program so that we can train our employees, make sure that they're ahead of the curve when it comes to their intelligence about engineering, when it comes to how they think about marketing. And so the more that I understand what's important for him as he's trying to help out our creators, it helps me understand what do I need to do to prep our employees so that they can be ready to help our creators out as well. So he's on the leading edge and then I'm like a, a fast follower so I can make sure that our employees are ready to be able to support our business as well. So that's the number one thing I think that I'm learning. When you think about that relationship between the CEO and the chief people officer, and this could be 
philosophically your views or even, you know, specifically your views and, and the connection you have with your current CEO at Kajabi, what are the ingredients of a healthy relationship between a CEO and a CPO? Trust. Yeah. I spend, and I don't know where it comes from, but the thing that is most important is really having trust between the two of us. And so he gives me great feedback about the things that I can do to be a better partner to him. I give him great feedback about what he can do to be a better leader to us. And knowing that we can be super open and honest with one another is probably the most important thing that we have going for each other. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Without that, it doesn't matter how talented you are, how effective you are, how smart you are, how capable you are. If you don't have that trust, if that's not the the kind of foundation of that relationship, it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle. And I, that's why I think you know, especially for those of you who are watching, you might be interviewing you know right now. Take as much time as you need in the interview process to make sure you have ample time. Many of you, I imagine, will be reporting to a CEO, but that connection, that values alignment. That ability to build trust and rapport is without it, you're going to be limited in terms of how successful you'll be, how impactful the business. And, you know, it's probably going to be a situation you're going to find yourself pretty frustrated in pretty quickly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you raised trust as that primary point. Lars, I love how you said values alignment, because I think I know that's the reason why I chose to come here and work with this CEO is that in our interview, we talked a lot about values. And when we actually interviewed and we talked about our employee survey and when that was part of the first thing that we discussed, I knew that we were aligned and that this was the spot for me. So you were so spot on when it comes to that. I mean, you know, we've covered a lot of ground in terms of what HR is like in this current world of work, what, what gets you most excited, right? When you look ahead, I'm still not going to ask you to make any predictions because we can't do that anymore. But like a, a, a technology like generative AI, right? Like I think that, you know, 2023 saw the these leaps and bounds of, you know, ChatGPT and other platforms evolve. And, you know, now we're in 2024 and that momentum certainly is not slowing. And there's so many things that are changing around us that are impacting our world of work. What gets you most excited? Like when you sit back and you're having those conversations with your friends who are peers and kind of, you know, going down the rabbit hole of what it means to do this work now, what are the things that get you really fired up? I'm an extrovert. And so the thing, and this will not be a hip, this will not be a hip comment. I will tell you the thing that gets me most fired up is figuring out how we are going to bring people together in 2024. And so whether it is flash all hands meetings where small groups of us gather and we build connections that way, whether it is how we figure out how we do spot Zooms or mini all hands in person, I'm looking forward to us figuring out how we do the next iteration of connectivity as companies, because I still think we need to figure out how we better onboard people, how we better connect people, because we're still not going to be 100% back to work in person, and that's fine. So the next question is, how do we still build connectivity? And so I'm looking forward to meeting with my fellow chief people officers and figuring out this hard problem of bringing people together virtually, not virtually, but we've, we've got to figure out that problem. Yeah. You got to make those moments count. 
Yes. It's so interesting, especially hearing from companies and leaders that are remote first or, you know, hybrid with a heavy lean towards distributed employees that, you know, that live time when you come together, it's not to t- really talk about work. I mean, sure, there will be some things you're not going to like, you know, it's not a bad topic, but it's more of like building relationships. It's getting to know people as humans and individuals. You know, I think that kind of takes us back to your call to arms around belonging and creating a space where people feel valued and and belong. And, and that is, you know, those are the connections you can make when you're live. And, and it'll be interesting to see how this continues to evolve. I mean, I think that we're, you know, we're in this world now where there's three modalities of work. It's co-located, you're under one roof, hybrid, you're both, and distributed, you're not. And I think that while 2023 saw a lot of companies start pushing back towards the, you know, return to office road, many companies still are hybrid by default and many more are fully distributed than were before the pandemic. So this is the, you know, the thing that we'll continue to work to solve, you know, over the course of this year and the next several. Dean, I'm so glad that, you know, you came on the podcast and had a chance to spend some time. It was great getting to know more about your story and your work at Kajabi. I want to leave you with one question and that is what is bringing you joy lately? Oh, easy one. My niece is graduating from the University of Alabama in Roll Tide. And so I am super excited about her entering the world of work. And so this next generation of people that are graduating this year, I am super excited about them. The world of work is here. The next generation is going to make it even better than it has been before. And so what else can bring you joy other than seeing this next generation going out there and lighting the world on fire? Love it. All right. Well, congrats to her. And thanks again so much for making some time to join me on the podcast. If listeners want to connect with you after the show, is your LinkedIn profile the best way to do that? Absolutely. Love to hear from everyone. Please do reach out to me via LinkedIn. All right. And if you're a creator out there, Kajabi, check it out. We need more HR creators in this space. So do your diligence and get in there and put some good out in the world. Thanks, Lars. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Redefining Work. For more information on the podcast, past episodes, future guests, and more, be sure to check out amplifytalent.com slash podcast. And if you dig this podcast, I strongly encourage you to share it with your CEO, leadership team, and friends to help others discover it. And if you really dig this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever your preferred podcast delivery vehicle is. We'll see you next episode.